Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There is a story for everyone here, because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybox. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. How many of you have made a plan in life and call it literally plan A and plan A hasn't really gone the way you wanted it to go. Well, you need to create what we call plan B, right? Or plan C. We need a guide to navigating and embracing the change that so often comes in our lives. Well, my guest today is none other than Shana Kennedy. She is the best-selling author of the book, The Life Plan. She has a brand new book out called Plan B. And I highly encourage you guys to go and pick up a copy of this book. It is so helpful. It is one of uh, the best books you will read for navigating change. I mean that wholeheartedly. But Shana has over 15 years experience to her name. She is one of Australia's foremost strategic life coaches. Her proven expertise enables her clients to gain control of their lives in order to achieve their visions and goals. Uh, She's the best-selling author of Simplify, Structure, Succeed, and The Life Plan, Simple Strategies for a Meaningful Life. Shana is also an accredited, advanced, certified coach through the International Coaching Federation and Neuro Linguistic Programming Practitioner in Mind, Emotional, and Business Matrix through Mind Power Global. From individual coaching to group facilitation and workshops, uh, Shana Kennedy, her client portfolio spans across CEOs and senior executives, entrepreneurs, uh, and sporting uh, leaders, you name it. So my friends, if you do get something from this conversation, and I guarantee you that you will, uh, it is quite a conversation around navigating how we can go from adapting to change better in our lives when it does come across and so much more. Please do share it around with your friends and family. Help support uh, Shana and her amazing message by going and getting a copy of her book. That would be greatly appreciated and also share it around on social media too. Help support 
uh, Shana and the Storybox community by making it continue to grow. Really do appreciate each and every one of you that do share. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into the Storybox and learn more about Plan B, a guide to navigating and embracing the change that so often does come in our life, as well as listening to the story, the wisdom and advice from none other than the best-selling author herself and now my good friend, Shana Kennedy. Oh, thanks, Jay, for having me. Um, I can't wait to chat about all of this great stuff that's in the book. I'm excited as well. Thank you so much for making the time. Um, My very first question to you to start off this conversation is what does success look like for you? Success for me is living the life I choose. So, you know, it's I'm choosing my mindset, I'm choosing my food, I'm choosing how busy I'm going to be today or, or I've blocked it out to not be busy. And I think as long as I feel like I'm choosing what's going in my diary, I feel really successful, you know. it's And the success might be, you know, having a day off makes me feel really successful because I got to choose it. So I think it's that whole mindset of, I get to do this instead of I have to do this um, makes me feel successful really on nearly a daily basis. Have you ever struggled in your life at different points to create the life that you actually want to have, like making the choices daily? Has that been a struggle for you? Um, absolutely. You know, 20 years ago, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue. I had extreme burnout because I married my job. I love my job so much. I married it. I work seven days a week. It became my identity and it robbed me of my health. So chronic fatigue and depression, you know, 20 years ago, nobody had really heard of it or talked about it. So it was, it was a really awful, lonely existence for quite a while. And I decided to study coaching because I actually employed a coach to help me through it. And I wanted to coach elite athletes into retirement because I'd worked in the sport industry. And so, you know, I really realized I need to to completely change my life. And I had to develop a whole new strategy that would give me longevity in my next career. And I had to learn who I was without my job, which is a really important building process. And I did that and it took a long time. It took years, but I really realized that it's my choice every day. And some days are not going to be good. They're just not. It's hormones, it's weather, it's a lot of outside influence. But getting those percentages up for me, for more good days than bad days, was really the goal for me, is to make sure I choose my energy every day, I choose what I'm doing today as much as I possibly can, and I choose the attitude that goes with it. So for someone that would say to you, uh, I'd, I'd feel like I don't even have a choice, I feel like I'm stuck where I am, how would you navigate someone through that? Well, I don't think many people are stuck where they are. They have a choice. They could leave. Mm. They could change. They could leave their job, get a different job, leave their marriage. You know, if it's not working, they have choice. But there's so much fear involved and we don't like change, right, Mm. because we don't want to feel the pain. So that's what the book's about is, you know, whenever we change, we feel pain and we have to acknowledge that in order to move on. So for a lot of people, it's easier to stay stuck or, you know, we have, you might have a good job, but you're bored in your job. But a lot of that is your attitude towards it. 
So when we reframe and retrain the brain and change our story and we change our state and our story, we can change our life. Mm. I totally agree with you on that front because I had to, yeah, 2019 was a rough year for me. So I had to learn how to embrace the difficult changes that were in fact happening in my life that I sort of had my back up against and I didn't want to happen, (laughs) but they ultimately ended up being the best things for my life. And oftentimes you're right. We allow the fear to take control over that and we don't end up living our best life or our, our full potential because of it. So maybe there's a gift, right? So for me with chronic fatigue, I I would say it's a gift now. I didn't at the time, but, you know, five years later, I was like, it was a gift because although my body will not do what I want it to do, you know, it won't go and run half marathons anymore and it won't go and, you know, lift super heavy weights anymore. It just breaks all the time. It gets burnt out very quickly is I'm so mindful now of my days and focusing on what I can do, not what I can't do, and controlling the controllables, that that's all being brought about by chronic fatigue because if I didn't get chronic fatigue and I stayed on being my A-type overachieving perfectionist person, I would be zipping through life not noticing anything. I wouldn't be grounded. I wouldn't be mindful. I wouldn't notice or have any sense of fulfilment. I would just be a purely an achievement junkie, which is my natural state. So chronic fatigue gave me the gift of achievement with fulfilment is a bit more depth. Um, So I really do feel like it was a gift, even though it annoys me sometimes (laughs) (laughs) because I have to go home early all the time. But um, it really, I have an incredible life now because of that. Mm. I want to go back to, or can we go back to your previous life, I guess you could say, before the chronic fatigue kind of set in, did you, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you always see yourself uh, doing that particular job for the rest of your life or did you even see yourself being a coach later on? Yeah, no, I didn't even know what a coach was. Um, I worked with elite athletes in sports sponsorship. So I had that Jerry Maguire job. So, uh, you know, a girl in her 20s flying around to sporting events all the time, having dinner with, you know, the cricketers and their mums and their girlfriends and their wives or whatever. I was living the dream. But I was so captivated in the dream that I did not develop any other part of my life. You know, I had no boundaries. I didn't have any life skills. I had no self-care strategy. So I was just living on this adrenal highway that was super exciting, as anybody would, I suppose. Um, But it doesn't last. And um, I actually thought I could just keep going. I just kept pushing. And every time I felt like, oh, I don't feel great or I haven't got the energy, my mindset was just go harder. You know, no reward without effort. And I have a European background, which is, you know, just work hard. Mm. Work hard. There, there is, the hard work is the only way through. So if I ever sat down, I felt that I was lazy. I didn't feel like I was caring for myself or refueling. Refueling or restoring myself wasn't even a part of my language. It was just burn and churn. So I didn't think about what the next career was going to be. I just thought I'd be in sport forever um, and I would just become the sponsorship queen of the world type thing. Mm. 
I think it's that I can put up my hand and say I've got that high achievers mentality. <laughs> so I've got to I've got to get rebuked a couple of times by trust me this has happened by just taking a break. I mean I'm not great at taking a break. I'll just be honest with you because I am young. I am 24. I've still got a long way to go, but I have so much that I want to do and achieve now <laughs> while I'm young, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, Which I fantastic because in your 20s, that's what you want to be doing. You want to be gathering as many experiences as you can in your 20s. Um, you've got the energy to go and do a hell of a lot of stuff. But we also need to remember we are a human being. And in your 20s, you still need to stop at the Gatorade stations. You know, don't just run the marathon. Just take those mini breaks. Whereas as we get older and we're doing the marathon, the, the Gatorade stations need to be a bit longer. Mm. You know, we need a little bit more time to refuel. Or maybe we can't run our PB at 50 that we did at 20. So things do change and evolve. But in your 20s, you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Um, being a high achiever and going out and writing books and, and doing great things and achieving all the time, you just have to remember that 10% you need to maybe pull back when you don't feel great and allow the body to just refuel. Mm. We can't keep hammering because you end up burning out by the time you're 30 and nobody really wants that. No. And I've had, I've had one moment where I did burn out. It wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, it wasn't great at all. It sort of, um, it landed me in a world of hurt and I just have to be mindful now to take care of myself more, my mental state and my body, everything, the whole, whole areas of health. I think it's important. And knowing that I can embrace change, whether it's good or bad, because that's my choice. So I appreciate you sharing that. Going back to when you discovered coaching because of a, of a of a coach, what were some of the things that he walked you through that sort of made you want to become a coach? Yeah, it was really an amazing time because I knew I didn't need a psychologist or anything. It was just my body was broken and I was depressed because it didn't move. Mm. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm working with 200 athletes who all have a coach, you know, and I'm sitting at home here all by myself and just having someone checking in, strategizing with me, planning with me, setting some goals that were really achievable so we could celebrate and, and find traction was so important to me. So I learned to stop. I learned to look in the mirror. I learned to make friends with myself, my best friend. Rather than looking externally all the time, I actually got very grounded by working with a coach and I had to go back to myself and say, okay, what do I want my 30s to be about, my 40s to be about, my 50s to be about? Let's just slow, slow it all down and let's be strategic now rather than just running like a crazy person. Let's be strategic about the rest of the marathon. You know what it feels like to go out too hard too soon too early. So let's now learn to pace and let's learn to be still incredibly high achiever. But she said, you know, when you look at all your athletes, they're not training 24-7. They have to leave the track. They have to refuel to be able to come back and train the next day. But you're not doing that. So for all of us now, you know, we didn't even have laptops or mobile phones back then. I'm showing my age here. But 
for now, you know, we don't get to leave the track. Mm-hmm. We've got that laptop or the iPad or the phone coming with us like it's strapped to our body. So refueling now is very, very difficult. So athletes take the time off, the recovery um, so seriously in order to be able to train properly. So as us as humans, in order to be able to work properly, have enough energy for friendships and a marriage or children or whatever it might be, if we don't refuel, we're like the burnt-out athlete that keeps going around the track and never gets that help. You're not working at your, your peak, your, your very best, so to speak. So my coach, that's what my coach was teaching me is be an athlete, be an athlete of life. We know the principles that make these athletes become the best. So do it for yourself. Mm. So it was a very, very big eye-opening time at the end of my 20s to start treating myself like an elite athlete. Mm. You were you were doing coaching when coaching wasn't exactly popular, I guess you could say, here. And I, I guess a lot of people were sort of sceptical uh, back then about, oh, what's a coach? Do I really need one? I can do this all myself, that sort of thing. So how did you navigate the difficulties of trying to get someone to believe in you to actually coach them? Well, this is such a great question. I think I was one of the first qualified coaches who'd studied in Melbourne and it was awful because people were saying, why would you leave your Jerry Maguire job to go and be a coach and talk to people about what? You know, it, you know, and I was like, well, it's a little bit like personal training. If you've got a personal trainer, you'll lift much heavier weights than if you just went in the gym yourself. Yeah. So it was so difficult. And, and I went to football clubs and I went to sporting organisations and they said, no, we just want to burn and churn the athlete. That was the attitude back then. So I opened my business to coach elite athletes into retirement. Some of them are 25 years old. But because so many athletes knew me, Mm-hmm. I had a business, um, but I did have to pound the pavement. I did have to explain it over and over and over again. Life strategy. It's like having a coach for your whole life, not just a financial planner or a, or a um, gym coach. This is about let's elevate your entire life, mm-hmm. every part of your life, your mindset, your finances, your relationships, your health, your well-being, your career. Let's elevate the whole lot and let's strategically do it so you don't burn out. Mm. So it was a very tough time. And I did have nervous. Very, very nervous in the beginning because everyone was very skeptical, but it took off very quickly. You know, um, at the time I gave myself two years to create a business, otherwise go back to work. And um, I wanted to create a business that I could have children or a family and still work because I love working so much that I needed something that I could control. How did you manage that balance between your job, your family, your own health? How have you been able to manage that? Well, that's when you work with a coach, you really strategically it's like, it's like you're the athlete. You strategically um, prepare, learn how to really manage time. You manage energy really well. You go back to your values. Um, mm. You know, my values have been here on a sticky note for 20 years. Health, family and achievement. What am I doing every day for my mental, physical and emotional health? 
How am I showing up for my clients, my family, my friends? Am I the best version of myself? And what am I achieving today? And the achievement might be meditation, journaling, because writing a book, that's an achievement, but I love doing that. That's easy. I don't need to motivate myself or speaking on stage or, or you know, this morning I've had 250 people on the screen before you. Um, that's the stuff I just love. I can't call that an achievement, mm -hmm. but what I could do is call the achievement that I got up early and went for a walk and that I did my 10 minutes of meditation and I wrote in my five-minute journal because they're the things that will give me longevity. They, they're the things that stop me burning out the caring. So I'm now, as the athlete, not so much achieving what I'm uh, valuing, what I'm achieving on track. I'm achieving what I'm doing, uh, seeing it as a bigger achievement, what I'm doing to recover because mm. I want to keep turning up to that track. Mm. I like that. So in your opinion and, and your expertise, what do you think separates a good coach from a great coach? I think that's a great question. I think um, a great coach will hold up the mirror and call you out on every excuse that you make um, and will really educate you and work with you to really develop a rock-solid plan. Uh, that's a great coach. I think a good coach will guide you, um, ask you some good questions, but they're not going to be really invested so um, I work with great coaches. I'm very invested in my own clients. And I think a great coach gives you enough resources to go away with for the rest of your life. Mm, I like that. And with your new book, okay, so I want to keep mentioning strategies and plans and all that sort of stuff. So can you plan for everything in your life, even the unexpected things that come in? Well, I wrote the life plan about six years ago because nobody had a life plan. And I think the brain needs a roadmap. Mm. The brain needs to know I'm going from A to B to C to D. That's where I want to go. And then it starts to recognise opportunities. So most people don't have a life plan. Mm. So get yourself a life plan to start with. Then, you know, you'll get curveballs along the way. We'll get bumps in the road or get told to detour off and then, but we can get back on plan, but there's a whole process of things that go happen to us as humans. When we get the bump in the road, we go through the grief cycle. Nobody even knows about that for anybody in lockdown at the moment, they're grieving that they can't see their parents who are sick or they can't go and see their friends at their house or a new baby's born and no one can go and see it. So there is a grief cycle that we all feel on a regular basis, but we're never taught at school. So I wanted to put it all into a book. So people go, oh, that's why I'm feeling flat. Or that's why I'm feeling angry, frustrated, annoyed, down with myself. So instead of beating yourself up, know what the grief cycle is, and then you can be kind to yourself. So I think that there's um, a lot of people need a life plan first. And then when things go a bit bumpy, here's the manual for the bumpy bits. So why did you decide to call it plan B and not plan A? Because a lot of people, they don't want to have a plan B. They say plan A is the main one. We shouldn't plan for B. We should only aim for A. So why plan B? Well, plan A is the life plan, my book that's yep. um, out at the moment. Plan B is like, 
oh, you had a health crisis or, you know, you lost your job or you got a redundancy or your business failed or you lost a loved one or all of those times where you get really emotional, this will navigate your emotions for you. Whereas the life plan is about that's your plan A. That's there's my vision, there's my goals, there are my values, that's where I'm going, I'm clear about who I am. It's all fabulous. I'm in my car, I'm driving along, it's all great. And then there's a storm. Well, plan B is for the storm. It's really about you don't need to plan your plan B. Plan B is how do you navigate the change journey? Mm. So for someone that doesn't have their life plan set for themselves, they don't have a vision, they don't have a mission going forward, they're kind of sort of just going through life as it comes. Um, how would you encourage somebody or walk them through setting up a strategic life plan for their life so that they can live the very best life that they were meant to live? Yeah, well, it's not that difficult. You know, it's about, you know, you've got Matthew, you've interviewed Matthew McConaughey and, you know, his famous Oscar speech says his role model is his 10-year-old self. So if you think of yourself in five or ten years' time and you think about how old you're going to be then, give you a moment to think about that, but think about how old you're going to be in ten years' time, or even five, you know. Mm-hmm. In five years' time, how do you want to feel? So if you want to feel light, if you want to feel strong, if you want to feel flexible, well, you know then you have a purpose. I've got to go to the gym. I've got to go to yoga. I've got to do some stretching. Because if I want to feel strong and flexible, they're the activities that are going to get me there. So when you do a life plan, you instantly get purpose. Mm. Oh, in five years' time, I'd be really great if I'd mastered the art of breathing and mindfulness. Oh, that gives you five years to go and learn. Oh, in five years' time, I'd love to be in a relationship. Oh, fantastic. Well, what are the things that you're doing to prepare yourself to be in a great relationship, which means mastering self-management and self-leadership and grounding yourself? Um, If you want to be really great at doing a job in five years' time, how can I upskill along the way? You know, if you have that beautiful vision for yourself and you've done a nice vision board for yourself, I've got some coming out in Kmart this year um, for Christmas where all the photos are there, all the words are there. Put it up, look at it, get excited by it. You know, that's what we want to be doing. We've got to start with a vision. When we don't have one, you're just on the treadmill of life. You're just driving around the roundabout. You're just reacting to whatever's thrown at you. You're not in the driver's seat. So I really encourage people to think about just thinking about their five-year-older self. Where do you want to be financially? You know, what might you have loved to achieve? How fit do you want to be? What do you want your circumstances to be? And allow yourself to dream a little bit. I love that. I've created... Well, I created my life plan officially in the end of 2019 and 2020, and it has served me very well (laughs) up until this point. doesn't matter if, like you were saying, the plan B stuff, like the challenges come my way, I always go back to that vision that I had set for myself from the very, very beginning and living wholeheartedly within my, my purpose. I know for a fact. Yeah. So you go. You're going to say something. Maybe, maybe you know, we decided to go A, B, and C up up the road there. Um, but it doesn't mean it's set in stone, right? 
So it's like a chessboard. We can sort of play play around and I'm feeling great, but, oh, I've discovered that instead of going to lift weights and do yoga, I've discovered taekwondo. Oh, great, but that's still going to make you strong and flexible. So it doesn't have to be exact. But once you're in it and you're on the program and your brain's got the map and it knows what it wants, it starts to recognise so many opportunities. Mm. You know, if you want a, a Mini Cooper car and all of a sudden you start seeing how many Mini Coopers are on the road, it's because your brain became aware. Mm. It woke it up. Otherwise, you didn't notice any of them. Mm. Um, so when you have some great goals, some great vision, you start noticing everywhere the plethora of opportunity for yourself. We are creatures of habit. I know that wholeheartedly. So we love our routines to be the way that they are. The moment a bit of that routine gets off track, we sort of get annoyed, <laughs> so to speak. But it's just coming back once again and just aligning yourself to that uh, that initial life vision that you had. So what's... Yeah, um, we love rhythm and ritual, human beings like babies. You know, we, we love everything to be the same. We love our, where our habits are formed. We love rhythm, ritual and routine. And when it gets mm. a little bumped up, we, we don't cope very well. And that's why we need to keep it really basic. Get up, make your bed, move your body, you know, do your gratitude, whatever. Keep things really simple. Then we can handle a lot of chaos around us when mm. we do that. We are very good, and I'm speaking about myself here as well, as humans to complicate easy situations. Like we overthink scenarios. We over like the what ifs, and I've been classic at this. <laughs> like it's just been like this. Yes, yeah. it stopped me from achieving greatness in my life, so to speak. It stopped me from moving forward, and I never want that. Yeah, what would it be like if you allowed it just to be easy? Exactly. So, so um, another Matthew McConaughey in his book Green Light says, there's so much drama in the world, don't create your own. So so when we find ourselves overwhelmed or catastrophizing or drama, being dramatic about anything, what we need to do is just take a breath and say, what if I just let it be easy? Mm. What if I just allowed it just to be effortless? you know, that thing on the to-do list that you don't want to do, why don't you just approach it with some lightness and joy and some ease? That's actually pretty easy. But we just made up this whole story in the brain, which mm. isn't true. It's just a task. Yep. I love, um, I've had that book up there since I read it in January and since I interviewed him. Um, one of my favourite books. I've highlighted it. I've written down notes, you name it. Because it is, it's a simple read. It's... Mm -hmm but it's got so many great life lessons to it. And that's the same with this book I've found is it like, if, if people are watching the video, you turn to it, there's not that many words on the page. So it's, it's easy for people that are afraid of big words <laughs> and long chapters and pages. So it's set out in a beautiful way. It's visually enticing as well. So one of the questions that I do want to ask you was it challenging for you to create this book? Mm. Well, it's a very unusual situation. It was a Jerry Maguire moment that um, it, the entire book came to me in one night. So we were in lockdown last year 
Um, it was about week two or three and I woke up in a sweat and the whole book was there in my brain, you know, when the universe just drops it in, yep. you've got to take action. So I got up at three in the morning. I wrote down all the, the whole book bones, you know, the chapter headings. This is what I want to call it. This is who it's for. Because I have been coaching people for 20 years through change. And all of a sudden, it was going to be everybody. The entire world is going to have to be able to adapt to change. So it flew out of me and I went and hired an Airbnb for a week because I had my kids at home, my husband at home. I'm like, how am I going to write the book? And we had a five-kilometre limit of leaving your home and we had 8 p.m. curfew. So I just went and hired an Airbnb, stayed there for five, six days, and I wrote the entire book. I just It just flew out of me because this is everything I've been teaching for 20 years. And I wanted it to be simple. No one wants to read a whole book on grief. They want to read two pages. So everything has been simplified to be warm, be welcoming, to not be overwhelming, but to be your beautiful guide through the process of change, which we're never taught at school. Mm, definitely. That's what I found when I was reading your book. It was such a huge help. So I appreciate you writing this book and I know the feeling of waking up in the middle of the night in a sweat and you've got this burning idea. I mean, I've got countless journals like beside <laughs> my desk that I quickly either I'll keep one beside my desk or I'll rush into the office and then write down ideas or I'll have my phone, but sometimes like the blinding light or like shock me. And <laughs> it's, it's funny, but yeah, I completely know that scenario wholeheartedly. <laughs> Keep writing. Absolutely. Just don't, don't ever stop. So a question that I, that I have for you, um, Shana is if someone was to pick up your book right now, and turn to any page or chapter within the book that is going to give them a renewed perspective on their life. Which page or chapter would you recommend that they turn to first? Oh, well, it's a roadmap. It's a bit of a journey through the book. So it's divided into four sections for that purpose for people to say, oh, where, where am I on the map? Mm. Oh, I'm in Hurt Locker. Oh, that's the first part. Or, you know, I'm, I've gone through my crisis and now I'm feeling exhausted. Oh, I'm going to go into the healing section. And then it's about planting new seeds and how do we set fresh goals and get excited again. Uh, or somebody might be towards the end, which is celebrating the small wins. You know, when we pick ourselves up and we take those steps forwards, it's really nice to start the celebration um, and, and celebrate and high five and be the light for other people and just feel that really nice um, acknowledgement of yourself of where you've got to. Has there been a plan that you've made in your life that you now regret? Um, not so far, not so far. I'm very lucky. I'm 50. I'm, I'm, I haven't regretted anything so far, but I'm so mindful and I do think things through and um, I, I slow it down a little bit, you know. I, I, I do slow it down. I probably would have liked to spend a little bit more time with my kids when they were tiny. I did work through it, but I worked part-time 
but you never get that time back. And now that they're 15 and 17, I was like, mm, maybe I should have done a bit more baking with them <laughs> and playing on the floor. But um, they're divine children now. They're divine. So I, I can't complain, but that's just a selfish part of me that maybe would want to spend a little bit more time. Do you feel like anything is missing currently in your life? Nothing. Mm. Nothing. I feel, I wholeheartedly feel that all the work in this book, which I have been teaching for 20 years and the life plan, is actually how I live my life every day. So all the practices in there, the gratitude, the breathing, every time I wash my hands, I take three breaths and ground myself. Yet I achieve a ridiculous amount of work every day, but it's so grounded and so calm and so confident because I've done all of that work and I keep doing all of that work. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, very happy. Mm. With the the last couple of questions that I do have with for you, um, when in your life that you found is the most vulnerable for yourself? When have you felt like you've been the most vulnerable and what did that teach you? I think it's when the bouts of chronic fatigue and depression come in mm. and I just can't go out with my friends or, you know, I can't drink alcohol, I have to go to bed early, you know, 8 o'clock sometimes. That's when I feel vulnerable because I'm like, I can't control this. This is coming from the inside out and it does make me sad. But then I go through the grief cycle and then I just be kind to myself and then I learn to flow with it. And some days, you know, you just got to go to bed early. That's mm. just the way it is. And some days are just are going to be sticky and flat and annoying and frustrating. You're just going to get those days. So I just flow with them now rather than getting really wound up by them. Mm. I love my sleep. <laughs> I, I go to bed early and wake up early. That's my my routine and it works works great for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shana, like this is a question that I don't ask many people, but I want to ask you, what do you love the most about yourself and your story? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I love about myself my authenticity. Mm. I just don't try and be anyone else. I just am very comfortable in my own skin because I've done a lot of work in the mirror, a lot of breathing, a lot of accepting. Um, so I love my authenticity, I think. Um, I think that's the most important thing I look for in most people. Mm. Where can people connect with you now, buy a new book. It's called Plan B, A Guide to Navigating and Embracing Change. I believe it's available in every single bookstore. Is that correct? If people yes. are wanting to get this and they're overseas, can they get it? Yes, it's available everywhere, I think. Um, all bookstores, um, Booktopia, Amazon, um, Big W, Kmart, Dimix. I think it's everywhere at the moment. Fantastic. I'll make sure that everyone knows where to get it. Um, my final question for you, Shana, is this is my all-time favorite question. It's a hypothetical one. So I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together 
a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for sake of argument, but they've been able to get it and show it to you on your hundredth birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Whoa, that's awesome. Oh, I'm going to take that little dream with me in my 20 year plan. Um, I would love people just to say that she was warm and one of my famous lines is always, where your focus goes, your energy flows. So I always focus on what I can control. I never focus on what I can't control. And I put all my energy into what I can control. And that's how I feel that I'm so happy because of that. You know, I don't focus on all the bits that I can't control. So I think um, that would be a beautiful celebration. I would love that. And I hope that they would say that she was warm, she was caring, she was an incredible teacher um, because I've been coaching for 20 years now and I love it. I feel like I'm a Louise Hay. Just, I feel like I'm starting on day one still with so much excitement for my job. So I love teaching, helping, educating people, inspiring people, creating beautiful maps for them so that their brain can go and do it. Um, so yeah, I get enormous pleasure. I hope I'm still coaching in my nineties. That would be an amazing sight, <laughs> an amazing <laughs> story to share. Imagine the wisdom that you could pass oh, down ninety. Yeah. That would be amazing. It well, would be fantastic. Shana, it's been amazing being able to speak to you for just a little moment today. Thank you so much for the work that you do, for showing up, for writing books that help people realize that they can achieve greatness in their life and they can uh, create the life that they really, really want. So where can people connect with you and learn more about you? Amazing. Thank you. It's um, Shanna Kennedy on Instagram or www.shannakennedy.com. There's loads of free resources on the site that I put up in COVID last year, um, free vision board kits um, where you can just download it all and cut out all the words. Uh, there's free screensavers on how to train the brain. So beautiful screensavers that you can download for free to really help you through some of this change time. Amazing. Shana Kennedy, thank you so much for coming on the Storybox podcast today. Thanks, Shana. It's been great chatting to you. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom. And don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 